going to dive today into a new message series that I'm excited about. And this one, honestly, will probably take us almost all the way to the end of summer here. Um, but we're going to kick it off with week one. And the title of this message series is The Words of Jesus. Words of Jesus. And I think it's essential um, to approach Scripture with, with a, a healthy mindset, with a healthy outlook, and to approach Scripture and try to understand what was the context, what was trying to be communicated, what was trying to be spoken, who were the hearers, what was the context of the words being delivered. It's really important that we approach Scripture with a healthy outlook. And one of the things that sometimes we can fall into, and, and I've had conversations where this has come up, is we can start to know the words of Jesus. We maybe have read our Bibles or we've heard the parables. We've heard the stories of uh, the things that he taught. We've heard the Sermon on the Mount. We've, we, we, we understand what he said. And what we can sort of do is start to paint a picture of who we think Jesus was, like how he was. How did he act? How, what would it have been like to be a disciple, to be around Jesus? Have you ever pictured this? What would it be like to be in relationship, only my wife. She's like, my hand's up, yeah. Um, she's a participant, okay? Y'all can learn from her, okay? What would it be like, though, to be around Jesus? And, and one of the challenges, actually, um, especially in the modern age, uh, where now Jesus has been depicted in a lot of different series, in different movies. Uh, some of you guys are probably big fans of The Chosen, some of you maybe were big fans of the Passion of the Christ when that came out. But one of the challenges is as we're trying to understand the person of Jesus, as we're trying to grow in our understanding of him, we can sort of take something like The Chosen, and we have, there's a director who's attributing personalities and attributes and aspects of Jesus to him that we don't necessarily find in Scripture, and that's fine, and it's creative direction. But all of a sudden, we can start to frame Jesus in a way that starts to isolate the person of Jesus from the words of Jesus. And this is where it can get really dangerous. And I've heard people go as far to say as, well, my Jesus would never do that. <laughs> oh, your Jesus. Oh, let's talk about your Jesus. Who is your Jesus? Is this the biblical Jesus? Or is this something that over time has shaped up in your mind and Jesus has now become a caricature and not a savior? And that's where we can get into trouble. So the words of Jesus, as we approach this series, we're actually trying to say, hey, we cannot actually isolate the person of Jesus from the words of Jesus. And, and we would be wrong to do so. Uh, think about it this way. Let me give you a helpful illustration. Uh, this week I was listening to the biographer of Eugene Peterson on a podcast. He was a famous pastor, preacher, and he was talking about the process of, of writing the biography of this man after he had passed away. And, and the whole approach and intentionality was trying to do his best to tell the story accurately, to depict a, a consistent um, story uh, and picture of who Pastor Eugene Peterson really was. And he actually talked about the challenges that, that no man is perfect. And this man said some things that were controversial. And he had to navigate those in the biography. And it would have been easier to cut that out from the record or to cut that challenging thought out. But if you're a biographer, you can't build 
a, a person up to be something they weren't. You have to tell the true story. And you could never de depict Eugene Peterson apart from the words that he said. In the same way as we read this text, we cannot isolate the words of Jesus from the person of Jesus. This is what he said. And we have to, we have to learn about it. We have to understand it. And hopefully over this series, we're going to grow in our view of the person of Jesus. And so we're going to dive into these red letter words that we find in Scripture. And the first one, uh, we're not going to necessarily go in order as far as timeline concerned. We're going to kind of jump all over. Um, but today we're going to go to John chapter 15 is going to be our lead text. John chapter 15. Anybody excited about the word? Come on. Come on, somebody. John chapter 15. And we're going to start in verse 1. And, um, and let, let's read it together. I am the true vine. This will be up on the screen for you. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. I love this, by the way. Notice that Jesus um, doesn't disconnect his human element here. What does he say? He cuts off every branch in me. Reminder, Jesus is not the kind of leader who will ask you to do something that he's not willing to do himself. Um, I love that he's an example, that he actually went first, uh, that, that he walked in such a way that we can see him as this example. It says, cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the words I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. There's a lot there. It's a long text and we're gonna begin to break this down. There's so much here. And this passage, really part of what influenced me to lead out this series with this text is, it's been coming to mind a lot because recently, uh, my wife and I, we traveled um, out of state and we pre I preached at a church. And one of the things that the church blessed us with was a Home Depot gift card. Um, come on, somebody, Home Depot gift cards. There's like endless um, opportunity there. Like, what do we want to do with a Home Depot gift card? And we're very seasonally influenced, I'll be honest with you, right? Depending on what we're working on in our house, and uh, this time of year, I'm thinking outdoors. You know, what are we going to do outdoors? And so uh, Renee's going, we're, this is our chance. We're finally, we should, let's go buy some trees. Let's go buy some trees. We've been talking about planting more trees on our property. Um, let's do it. Let's go get some trees. And so we pull into the Home Depot parking lot. And really the best looking trees on the property were some apple trees. They had some really good looking apple trees. And how great does it sound to just be able to walk out in your backyard and just snag an apple and just in the fall? I mean, that sounds perfect, does it not? Let's get some apple trees. And so um, we started out looking and we were like, well, let's plant two apple trees. And somehow 
then we're reading the tags and they need to cross-pollinate. And so we start researching there on the spot. Okay, let's, it's good. And little by little, all of a sudden, we've got a pile of six apple trees. I don't really know how we ended up with six. And uh, so we, we take this gift card. Oh, because they were on sale. There was a discount so we could get more bang for our buck. So we get the six and, uh, and we go to the cash register. We buy them. We get all the, 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 the special soil to, to plant them with. And, and then we get to the car and we realize... We've got a Nissan Pathfinder. How are we getting these home? And so we get creative. We basically just turn our entire car into a jungle. She's got one plant on her lap. We've got all the other trees sticking out over the top. Soil's all over the car. Um, thank the Lord for WeatherTech. Come on, it came with the car. Oh, if you, do not, if you don't know the glories of WeatherTech, you need to go get some. And so we get our trees there, and then we get home, and... And we start researching, and then we find out, oh, we got to spread them out. they got to be a pretty long distance apart and figure out where they go. And, and, and then all the different details of how big you have to dig the hole. And all of a sudden, we start peeling back the layers, and we start realizing there is a lot to apple trees. It's not just dig a hole, plop it in, you get some apples. Like, this is not, you don't get apples for free, Okay. And I, I kind of did the math. I'm like, this is going to add up to a lot, a whole lot more money than just buying some Fuji at Walmart, right? Like, this is a process. But little by little, we started researching. And okay, after how long, then we get to prune the trees. And, and a week after we plant them, of course, then the Japanese beetles come in, right? And we're like, get off our leaves! You know, we're buying Japanese beetle traps and researching organic sprays. And how do we do this? And we realize there is so much to producing fruit. Like, like getting to the fruit is now years off, you guys. We're not getting apples this fall, in case you're wondering. It's, it's potentially three years before we get our first apple from these trees. But because we ended up with six trees and we've got three different varieties, our neighbor actually told us, according to the state of Minnesota, we officially own an orchard. <gasps> yeah, baby! So in case you're wondering, I am an orchard operator and lead pastor. I've got multiple titles. Let's go. I will take that title. But we were a long ways off from producing fruit. And I love that Jesus at the end here says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Our life, this is actually how we show ourselves to be disciples of Jesus to be sons and daughters of our Father in heaven, is that we bear much fruit. But to get to the fruit is a process. To get to the fruit is a journey. To get to the fruit is some hardship. To get through the fruit is some challenges. And today I want to begin to break these down and try to understand it. Because I realized through learning about these apple trees, I cannot prune unless I first plant. We actually research, you're not supposed to prune them until they've really been planted and they've grown, typically about a year before you can prune. And we cannot produce apples unless we prune. There's an order to this thing. So I want to talk about what it looks like to get planted. I want to talk about what it means to get pruned. Then I want to talk about what it means to get producing. But first, let's go to the planting part. Get planted. I love that Jesus says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Get planted. 
Fruit's the goal, but first we got to plant. And I've got a little fruiting uh, vine bush tree thing up here. Really, really cool. And, um, and I want you to look at this. So right now, as you buy it in the store, this is exactly how you can buy it at Lowe's. There's two other ones at the Lowe's right across there. If you want to go get one, you can. And, um, and this, is, this is how you buy it, right? It comes in the pot. And how many of you know that if I were to take this home and we just stuck this on our front porch and just said, there it is. There is a limitation right now. Actually, in fact, it was going to damage it. It may not even survive. And why is that? It's because it's potted. It's in a pot. This pot, in fact, is just plastic. It's temporary. And the reality of this pot is that it's actually holding this plant back from its full potential. It'll never grow to its full height in this pot. It doesn't have enough soil. It'll never get enough nutrients. It's going to eat up the nutrients in that soil so fast that it'll start to die. Um, this one produces little berries. These berries, they'd be gone quickly over time. They're, it would just disappear. And here you would watch this plant slowly wither and die. But here's the reality of a pot. Now let's put it into a person's story. For many of us, it sounds really attractive to be potted because how many of you know if you're potted, you're portable? I can move it from this side of the stage to this side of the stage. I could throw this in my car. I could drive it someplace. I can move it all over. I could do it from one landscape bed to another landscape bed. It is fully portable. And what ends up happening in life is sometimes our life, as we're trying to grow and we're trying to produce something important in our life, we don't realize it, but we've kept ourselves to the pot. And what we've said is, hey, actually, the pot brings freedom because now I can go anywhere I want to. I can do whatever I want to do. I, I can go from here to there. I can go from this friend group to that friend group. I, I can go into this environment to this environment. I don't need to stay planted. I am actually portable. Look at me. Look at me and my freedom. Look at all the things I can do. I've got no limitations. This is awesome. And it, the lie is that being potted and the portability that it brings is actually going to bring health. It's actually going to produce something good in your life. It's actually the way you're going to find your purpose, and it's going to be amazing because now I can do whatever emotion I've got, I can roll with it. Whatever feeling I've got, I can do it. I can try things. I can do things. I've got freedom. The lie of the pot is that it brings freedom. But actually, what it does is it brings constraint. It's holding you back you're not planted. Your roots aren't growing deep into anything. You're all over the place. You don't stay committed to a relationship. You don't stay committed to a friend. You don't stay committed to a job. You don't stay committed to a Christian community. You don't stay committed long enough to actually see anything of any good produced in your life. You tried um, cutting an addiction from your life and it was hard and, and you did it for two weeks and it didn't produce anything right away. So you went back to that addiction because that's freedom and, and I want to live in that. And the reality is that the pot is lying to you. It's not bringing freedom. It's actually restraining you. It's actually holding you back. It may be portable, but it is stunted. It is stunted in its growth. Colossians 2 verses 6 and 7. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be 
built on him, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. You will overflow with fruit. You will overflow with production. Something good is going to come out of your life. If you would just let your roots grow down into him, if you would just remain in me, you see it's actually remaining that brings sustaining. But it's, it's the pot that is going to stunt your growth. It's trying to be portable. It's trying to be able to go wherever you want and do whatever you want whenever you want in the name of freedom that it's actually holding you back. Because Jesus is going, hey, actually full freedom is offered with the right restrictions. If you would plant yourself in my word, if you would plant yourself in community, if you would plant yourself and be a committed person and watch what I would do if you would stay put for even a hot minute or a hot second. Would you stick with this idea just for a moment? Watch what I could do if you would just get planted. We can get so wind whipped, so caught up in new ideas or new thoughts or new concepts or new challenges, places we want to go. I'm just going to be really honest just so you know. I am preaching to myself on this one. My natural sort of personality and the temptations of my flesh is to be mobile. I love the idea of mobility. I I love uh, even adventuring. And I think when I was younger, I really pictured life like I just wanted to be able to pick up and go wherever I wanted and do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. And, And there was this little sliver of a season where that actually felt like freedom. But I realized that there was parts of me that was, that was good in that, but really was misplaced. God, it was this part of me, this drive inside of me that was misplaced. I was trying to fight for some semblance of freedom. But the reality is what I found is that the more planted I get, the more committed I get, actually it opens doors to new adventures I never thought possible. It actually opens doors to experiences and encounters and relationships and opportunities and invitations and things begin to come your way that you never thought possible. What relationship did you give up on that was going to lead to the biggest adventure you ever had? What, what, What opportunity did you walk away from just before you got that promotion? What did you walk away from so early that you cut yourself off from producing anything really good in the name of chasing what you actually want? I've said this before, but a vivid reality in my mind is that usually when it comes to Jesus, the place I'm trying to get, the dream that I have, it's always through, it's not around. Around is not a shortcut. Around is slower. Around takes you out of the game. And the reality is if you would just decide, you know what, this year in 2023 and this summer, I'm going to get planted in what God has asked me to do. I'm going to get planted in my calling. I'm going to get planted in my community. And I'm going to get planted in the person of Jesus. I'm going to get planted with Christ. I'm going to get rooted. I need to grow roots. I need to get some durability. Here's the reality, too. A deep-rooted plant can withstand some storms. It can handle some problems. It can handle some adversity. Recently, when those struggles came back up a little bit, honestly, I'll just be, like, really candid. We hit a new moment. We'd never lived in a house as long as we've lived in this house. 
And I was like kind of antsy. And I was like, oh my gosh, do we need to move? We need a new adventure. We need whatever. And my wife, Renee, God loves to use her to help me in all of my issues. Thank God for her. And, and, uh, and it was this bad day and I was just feeling stuck. Not planes, and I was feeling stuck. And Renee said, man, we got to get excited about the new adventure of staying put. And I was like, I like that. The adventure of staying put. The adventure of staying planted. Because I've never grown that big. I've never produced that much fruit. I've never gotten that healthy. I've never gotten that whole. I've never seen what I'm capable of because I've been so transient. What would happen if I actually just stayed put for a little while? I really got committed on a level I've never been committed before. What if we just actually said, you know what, I'm going to be all in. I'm going to get planted and find out about the, the joy of actually getting planted. So for some of you, you need to lose the pot. And you need to get planted in some deeper soil. This represents, how about this represents a field? Come on. And you need to get planted in some deeper soil, in some healthy soil. There's nutrients in this. There's no, you're going to run out of nutrients stuck in the pot. Get planted where you can spread out, where your roots can grow down deep into Christ's love for you and watch what might happen if you would get planted. Getting planted is positioning yourself for growth. Some of you don't even know how high you can grow. You don't even know what you're capable of. You haven't even scratched the surface of what God has put inside of you, and you're rejecting all of his truth and all the things. Just listen, obey, and do it over time and watch what might happen. The problem is it might take years. Roots are not quick. They don't happen overnight. It might take years, but I would wager it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. So once we get planted and our roots begin to grow down, then we actually start to grow. Did you know, actually, this verse in John doesn't really apply to anyone who's not planted? Because if you're potted and you're not planted, you're not growing. And there's no reason to be pruned unless you're growing. The pruning begins to come once you start to grow into the things God has called you to. The pruning is actually needed once we're said, hey, you know what? I've been planted. I'm growing. And now I'm starting to grow and, and I'm pretty close to producing. And then all of a sudden, pruning comes into the picture. Again, in John, it said, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Father is the gardener. I love this fact, by the way, because he's the one who knows what needs to get pruned and what doesn't. He's the one who knows what parts of me need to get cut off and which ones need to be added to. And he is so good at pointing that out and helping me understand, hey, here's what I want to prune. I don't need to guess. Him being the gardener takes out the guessing work. He's the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Notice there's, there's two sections to this. So he's going in and those, those dead parts, he's cutting off. It's not producing anything. It's dying. It's unhealthy. It's holding you back. It's stunting you. Let's just, let's cut those off. Let's, let, that's obvious. Let's cut that. But that's not even fully just pruning. The pruning really comes into the picture when there's a part of you that's healthy and it's producing and God's like, ooh, actually it could produce more. 
This is the part we really don't like. Because there's the obvious, ugly parts of our life that we're like, thank God, I wanted to get rid of that. I've been fighting that. Thank you, Lord, for helping to cut that out of my life. It's ugly. Everyone knew it was ugly. I wanted it gone. But then he comes in, and he's a good father who wants good things for his children. And you see something. See if you can get a close-up on the camera here. They've got some berries here. And he sees parts of us that is producing, but not the level he thinks you're capable of. So he comes in, and he actually goes, you know what? We need to prune that thing that's alive. We need to prune that thing that's producing, but not at the level I want it to. I know what you're capable of. You've got more inside of you. But here's the tension. When this part gets pruned, it hurts. It hurts. It's a part of you that's alive. It's a part of you that maybe even there's some pride in, but you're realizing, I, I got to grow in that. I, I got to keep moving forward. I got to keep trying to produce in that area. He's saying, hey, I'm going to cut off every part of you. Any branch that has no chance of pr uh, pr providing fruit, it's gone. We'll cut those off. But then I'm going to go in, and like a master gardener, I'm going to begin to prune off the parts that are underperforming, that I believe you can produce more in. So once you're planted, you start growing. And then all of a sudden, the pruning begins to come. The challenges begin to happen. And I love this, to be honest with you, because again, I want to believe that my entire life on this side of eternity, that, that there is always more potential inside of me that I haven't uncovered. I, 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 the Bible that I read seems to depict the human element as there's always more inside of you. Every decade, there's something new to learn about yourself. There's more growth that can happen. There's more production that can take place. And so for me, I want to submit my life to the master gardener. I want to submit it and say, God, would you prune me? Would you prune me? It's a little bit of the search me and know me, God. See if there's anything inside of me that doesn't align with your word, that doesn't, doesn't align with your plans for my life. And, and I want you to begin to cut those things back. I love this passage, one of the words of Jesus that we find in Matthew 18, verse 8. And he uses this type of hyperbole many times in Scripture where he exaggerates to make a point. But he says, so if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand or one foot than to be thrown into eternal fire with both of your hands and your feet. Again, this is a hyperbole statement, but it's to make a point. That, hey, actually... Some of the stuff that you're holding on to is actually making you flirt with the gates of hell. It's holding you back from everything I'm calling you to. It's holding you back from your purpose. It's holding you back from producing. If it's causing you to sin, cut it off. Allow your growth to begin to expose the parts of your life that you need to cut off. And would you do it? Would you let God come in like the master gardener he is and say, you know what? I got to I got to trim some things. I got to cut off. There's some dead things in your life and you need to remove these. Eliminate them. Don't fight them on it. Say, you know what? I believe you know what's best for me, God, and I trust you. I trust you. Again, it can feel painful to give things up. It can be, feel painful to be pruned in the parts of your life maybe that you're even proud of. Ah, I thought I was doing pretty good there. Why are you challenging me on that spiritual discipline? I thought I was good at that. He's going, 
Hey, because there's more there. There's more there. I got more for you. I've got more for you. Press in. Pruning removes some things from our life that just need to be gone. And it also calls for more out of other parts of our life that we've actually been putting a limitation on or we haven't been living up to our full potential. But church, can I encourage us? A season of pruning will only strengthen your promise. The thing that you are promised to walk into, the purpose that you have, the things that God has said yes to, if he's pruning you, it's to strengthen that truth. It's to strengthen that promise. Allow yourself to go through that season. Allow yourself to shed those parts of your life that are holding you back because again, you're trying to produce. Why did I open with we're trying to produce? Because when we have a goal of producing, I like to see God, I wanna ask God, how much could I produce? How much more? And I believe according to scripture, the potential is exceedingly and abundantly more than I could think, ask, or imagine. So if exceedingly and abundantly more is the potential, I wanna go through the pruning. Come on, cut me up. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm here for it because I have not seen exceedingly abundantly more yet. If I've not seen exceedingly abundantly more yet, what have I not let you cut off? What have I not let you eliminate? If I'm short of that, what have I not let you prune? What am I holding on to that's holding me back? Church, what are you holding on to that's only holding you back? It's only hurting you. But it's alive, Pastor Sam. I can't cut off something that's alive. It's still kind of, you know, serving a, a purpose. And, and I really like it. It's really comfy really nice. Cut it off. Eliminate it. Eliminate it. Get rid of it. Allow that pruning to happen and watch what might get produced. Because that's the third thing. Get producing. Get producing. This is the goal. This is the goal. To produce fruit. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. I love this. There's so much conversation in Scripture about what is discipleship. Oh, that church just doesn't believe in discipleship. Okay, what do you mean by that? Let's break that down. Let's actually have a conversation. What is discipleship? What does this really look like? Well, we know that we're to disciple with the person of Jesus. That's why the words of Jesus could really, really help. He's actually calling us to follow him just like he literally did to Peter, James, and John. The same invitation is there. We understand that discipleship is not just a Bible study. Discipleship is not just right theology. Discipleship is actually an integration of our faith into our daily lives. Well, how am I doing in discipleship? How are you doing at integrating your faith into everything that you do? Where are you at in that process? That's the process of discipleship. Integrating the person of Jesus, the words of Jesus into our daily lives. And the way that we know we're on track with doing that is we start producing fruit. Fruit production begins to expand. We start to see more get produced from our life. Producing fruit is a natural byproduct of being planted and pruned. Let me help you understand this. If you are properly planted in the right soil with the right nutrients, with your roots growing down deep into the person of Jesus, into Christian community, and all the things that he's called you to, and you're planted, and you're committed, you're all in, 
and your roots are growing down deep, and then you're allowing him to cut the things that need to be cut, to cut off the dead things, to prune the alive things, and you're allowing the pruning to happen through spiritual disciplines, through walking in faith, and all of this happening. Can I tell you, you don't have to stress. Fruit will be produced. You won't be able to stop it. If you are planted and you're getting pruned over time, watch how much fruit you're going to produce. It is now the natural byproduct. Essentially, I would argue that the way that Jesus talks about fruit is fruit is a promise if you get planted and pruned. Like it's guaranteed. There will be fruit in your life. And the keys can come on up as we close. Matthew chapter 7, verse 16 through 18. You can identify them by their root. By their That is, by the way they act. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Oh, I produce a lot of fruit in in my life, Pastor Sam. I mean, I yell at every cashier that's slow, and I rage on the road in front of everybody. You know, I only cuss under my breath. You know, I'm really spiritual. How they act, how they respond to those around them. How do you act? Well, my wife and I, we only fight inside the house. We don't let the neighbors hear. So we're really, we just scream inside the closed doors. We don't scream outside. So we've got boundaries, right? How we act, act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit. Church, are you a good tree? You have the potential to be. Every single one of you has the potential to be a good tree that has the potential to produce good fruit. And a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. How do we become a good tree? By getting planted, getting pruned. Over time, we're going to produce Pastor Tim, you keep saying fruit, fruit. Like, what? what is that? Like, what's the fruit? It's actually the easiest answer in all of Scripture, what fruit is. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. The acts, but what did I say? They're going to know the fruit by how they act. What does it say here? The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. That's quite the list. Bad fruit? That means it's a bad tree. Now, is bad a permanent title? No. Another word I would translate would be an unhealthy tree. An unhealthy tree produces these types of things. That's how they would act. How we know it's unhealthy. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of a healthy tree, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. 
Verse 24 won't be on the screen, but I want to read it. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. The fruit of the Spirit is the natural production of a healthy tree. If you would just say yes to staying planted, allowing your roots to go down, if you would say yes to the pruning of the Father, the Master Gardener, you will then have the potential to produce this kind of fruit. Some love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. So this is what you produce. This is what begins to come out of you naturally. Here's the problem. When I'm not planted and I'm not getting pruned, I can't choose love when I feel anger and hate. I can't just like pick it. I can't just be like, ooh, off the shelf. Love today, let's go for it. When I'm not planted and I'm not getting pruned, church, the first sign is I am not kind. I am the road rager. I'm cursing under my breath at potbelly subs because they can't make my sub fast enough. Like that's where I'm at. When I'm not planted and I'm not getting pruned, I can't handle, I can't just choose to produce fruit. Because when you're pressed, that doesn't come out of you. It doesn't come out of me. Goodness, I mean, come on, what a hard target. That's hard. Self-control? To say no when I want to say yes? That's hard beautiful reality is it starts to feel a whole lot more possible when we get planted and we allow God to prune us. And all of a sudden, we watch as our life starts to, over time, produce amazing fruit. And I love the illustration of fruit because what I find is that when I produce the fruit of the Spirit, I feed everyone around me. We get fed. You are feeding people the fruit of your life. What does it look like? Is it good fruit from a good tree or are you feeding everyone around you bad fruit from a bad tree? I don't know why, Pastor Jim, but everyone around me is always crabby. What are you feeding them? Do you even have good fruit to offer to them? Have we done that hard soul work? Have we done the discipleship work? Have we walked out our spiritual disciplines lately? Have we integrated a Christian faith into our life? With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to pray for us. Can I remind you, church, that fruitfulness, the production, this fruit, showing ourselves to be our disciples, that's the goal. But fruitfulness is always a byproduct of faithfulness. We would say yes to being faithful today. Faithful to be planted where God placed us. Faithful to be pruned. He could move. So with production being the goal, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I wonder if there's some people that you resonated more with the first one. You feel like you've been fighting to stay transient. You want to be able to just feel portable. You've been fighting for your own version of freedom. And you feel like you're potted. You don't feel planted in community. You don't feel planted in Christ. You don't feel committed. You felt challenged by that. 
first one, if that was you, no one looking around, just slip up a hand so I know who I'm about, about to pray for. Not challenged by that first one. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Awesome. Thank you for that recognition. What's calling you to plant? And there was the second one. The pruning piece. Maybe you felt challenged. There's parts of your life that you're just not willing to lay down. You've just not been allowing God to prune you. and You've been stuck. And you know it's time to allow it to get cut off. And it might hurt. That pruning might be painful. It might be a process, but it's worth it. You know if you're going to get producing, you got to go through some pruning. That's you. Would you just show me your hand real quick so I know who I'm praying for for that. Amazing. Amazing. So Lord Jesus, I lift up everybody today, God, that is feeling challenged to let you do what you do best, to come into our lives and change us. Father, I pray, and I include myself in this prayer, I pray that we would be willing to lay down any part of our life that does not reflect you correctly, that does not align with your word. God, would you help us to prove and show ourselves as your disciples by how we act. Help us to act appropriately. Help us to change the way we think. Shift our lives. We submit them to you, Father. Help us to stay planted, to stay rooted, to stay healthy, to stay whole. And thank you, God, that you are a gentle God, that even the painful pruning that we may need to go through, you're going to be right there with us. You're going to be helping us. You're going to be showing us. And the only reason, the only reason you take us through it is because you love us and you see our potential. So God, I pray right now that everyone in the room would begin to get a vision of the potential of how high they could grow. Would everyone in the room begin to get a vision of who they could be if they would stay planted, if they would get pruned, and they would produce over time? God, I believe that every single person here is capable of so much more than what they are seeing today. And it's because of that potential, God, that we submit ourselves fully to this process. We say, God, we want the fullness of what you made us to do. We want to experience it. So God, I thank you for every single person coming on a Sunday sacrificing their time to come worship, to come hear the word. God, I pray you would bless them as they go from here. In your name we pray. And everybody said, everybody said, amen, amen. I love you, church. You can stand to your feet all across the room.